gorgeous listeners. We are so excited to be back for another edition of Throwing Shade. Alan, what's up? Thank God, I'm doing all right. Fantastic. All right. We got this amazing question from Jack in our last episode, so much so that Alan gave him a gold star. He asked about demons' names and whether they all have names, and we just barely started that conversation, and so we decided it would be cool to dive a little bit more deeply into that. Um, So, Alan, who are you going to introduce us to today? I want to hear some more demon names. Yeah, thank you. So... um, yeah, that's what you get if you can stump me. You get a whole episode devoted to your question. <laughs> um, yeah, I uh, I told Jack in the last episode that he, you, we need to know the names of the really really powerful shading. And then I mentioned some who are sort of like not so powerful, but they're they're. Th- I mentioned but have super cool names and jobs. Right, right. So I mentioned Shabriri, mm-hmm. and I mentioned Shade. Right, which last time actually, so Shade the Shade. Yeah, shade. <laughs> right, shade. so shade is an acronym for Shomer Dapim, which we didn't translate last time, but in Hebrew it means guardian of the pages, and it's this demon that just like hangs out over open, unattended books. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, to which is a thing. Right, for, th- for this episode, I would like to, uh, there's a lot of shading with names that I would really like to talk about. <laughs> But for time reasons, restrain yourself, Alan. Yeah. Just pick a few. Um, I'll just pick a few. They range from like really, really meaningful. Well, they're all really meaningful names. But um, one thing I'll say is let's put the shading then with the names. We'll give each one of them their own devoted episode of our podcast, and we could talk more about yeah, their names yeah, yeah. and Absolutely. go more in depth or whatever. Well, okay, that makes me feel better. For sure. But. Um, uh, you know, some of them are really innocuous. Like we mentioned once, uh, Yosef Sheda and then Joe, Joe <laughs> my man, Joe, the demon. And then there's also uh, Yonasan Sheda who also shows up in the, <laughs> in the, <laughs> it just, it tickles me that there is a Joe, the demon and John, the demon. Yeah. And Yonasan. I feel like they hang out and have beers after work. Okay. Yeah. You know, my favorite <laughs> angel name. Because the angels also have names. Right. And like there's the big guns like Michael, Michael and Raphael, you know, Rafi. Um, but there's so there's yeah, this really basis great. With totally. We are so close. We are so tight. Um, but there's this really great collection of just bizarre rabbinic um, and extra rabbinic literature called the Hechalot mm-hmm. literature, um, which means sort of palaces. Um, but in Hechelot literature, it talks about there's like a very brief mention of Malach Hasheleg, yes, which translates to the snow angel. There is a, a Malach and Hasheleg. And that is my favorite angel name. Now you know. All right. Yeah. But tell me about names of demons. Right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So there are, um, like I said, many names that we do know about. I would like to focus on the most powerful. So... Let's talk about the yeah. royal family. There is a, um, there's so a. So first of all, there's a demon royal family. Right. There is uh, one I'm picturing king a whole reality show. I feel like you shading. could follow these guys around, and I feel like we already have that though. You're right. Most of the reality shows you watch are <laughs> cooking related. <laughs> that I want. That's true. Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> anyway. Um, okay, but who's in the demon royal family? Baking related in England. I don't know. Anyway. Um, oh yes, it's so good. Okay. <laughs> so the um, yeah, the, there's one king of the of the shading. Mm-hmm. There is one 
male demon and yes there are male demons and female demons yeah. shade demon an entire shade gender oak. spectrum of demons shade this yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you and the shade demon uh, th- there's a one male shade who's the king and one male shade who is possibly more powerful than him or equally powerful or differently powerful um, who is also <laughs> male uh, mm. and then there are um, there's like a queen there's there's four queens for <laughs> she, she, uh, female shadeot shade this yes yeah. queen um, you just wanted to do that I did I've <laughs> okay. been waiting okay four queens yes um, if, if you're familiar with the Tyra you know that there's another four female uh, leadership oh oh my god um, yes yes Therefore, what, what they referred to as the four matriarchs, the four mothers. Right. Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, and Leah. Correct. And there are four demon queens. Correct. Is this a thing? Uh, yeah. Well, yes. Um, they're like they're foils. It's like negascot. Yeah. Which this you're opening up a, a topic that I would like to discuss in a future episode as well. But part of the idea of of, of all shading is that they they negascot, as you put it, right? Yeah. It's like there's which is a Scott Pilgrim reference. Yeah. I feel like our listeners know that. Okay, yeah, but anyway, um, okay. So let's talk about their names, though. Yeah, say their names. Okay, so the king, Come on, Alan. the king of the Shadim <laughs> is Ashmedai, and I think he has an interesting name because, yeah. um, in his name is the Hebrew w- root for the word destruction, mm-hmm. Shamad. Um, yeah, and that sounds right. Right, and so yeah, exactly. So yeah, he does what his name. It, it, there's meaning to his name in that sense. Right. Similarly, there's like a, a, I don't know, a queen father, uh, king father. I don't know. Um, there's there's somebody who doesn't necessarily have the title of like a king of the of the shading whose name is Shimdon. Mm. Uh, again, with that root there, he happens to be the father of Ashmedai. Okay. And the w- husband of uh, one of the queens, Nama. Nama is the name of one of the queens of the shading. Oh. Which is an interesting name, uh, I think, because it's just a common. Hebrew name yeah. for women, people, you know. Yeah. Um, and also the name that the rabbis give to Noah, as in Noah and the Ark, give to Noah's wife. In, but this it's is a, a different Nama in the Midrash, in an, in an extra biblical story. Yeah, this is a different But character. this is somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> Noah wasn't married to a demon. <laughs> Not <laughs> to my knowledge. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, uh, that's a great Midrash, though. I encourage our listeners to go learn it. Yeah, it's really good. Uh, okay, another of the queens is Malkas. That's just her name. She's okay, which literally just means queen. Yeah. Okay. Um, another that is a woman who is owning her power. There you go. I love it. And then there's Agras. Okay. I just mentioned her name. Um, I'm and sure then, she's great too. And then the, the most famous one <gasps> is, uh, as our listeners may be familiar, is Lilith. Lilith. Yes, she is a shada. She is a a lady ex- shade. Extremely powerful. Yeah. One, um, and our listeners may not be aware. Even those who are familiar with Lilith may not be aware that there are two Lilithes. What? Yes. The, what? There's the catchphrase. What? <laughs> <laughs> no, for real. Yeah, there's two. One is called Lilith Zera, uh, Zersa, and she is the wife of Ashmedai. Okay. And. One is called Lilith Almasa, and she is the 
former wife of Adam Rishon, the first mm. human. Yes. Um, and current wife of a, another shade whose name is so relevant and important and powerful that I will not say the whole thing. Whoa. Um, okay. <clears throat> so wait, so there's two Liliths and they are, they're, they're entirely different, but they're both in this demonic realm and like end up getting each other's emails all the time. Yeah, basically. Yeah. <laughs> and they're very powerful and yeah. Okay. We definitely need to talk more about Lilith in both the demonic sense and in the Fraser sense and right. <laughs> and the magazine and the fair and all the things. Right. Yeah. But uh, that's great. Yes. Okay, cool. With that, let's take a break. Okay, so we're having this discussion about the demons and their names and um, what what is it about demons and names that that is so meaningful or important or what why does this matter? Right. Um, so I think it's important to point out that in the Jewish tradition writ large, names are extremely important. Mm, yeah. And not only are they important, but they have meaning for the one who holds that name Mm -hmm. and uh, in a very significant way. I'll talk about that in a moment. But I just think it's worth pointing out that that's not necessarily true in every tradition, but it is very true in the Jewish tradition. Sure. Um, So what I mean is that, take your name, for example. You, any of our listeners, uh, your Hebrew name is considered by the the Kabbalistic uh, writings to... Um, basically the, the form of the letters in your name, the sounds that they make are descriptions of your very neshama, your, your soul. And they make up your soul to the point that it defines your personality and your future uh, when your parents give you that name. And the reason I think that's significant is because... Because it justifies my practicing my signature over and over and over <laughs> when I was nine. <laughs> and and then were you practicing your Hebrew signature when you were nine? I was not. But okay. getting but that Some people M might right, have been. There are right. all kinds of ways to do an M okay. in cursive when it's you're true. nine. Okay. Yeah, sorry. Um, okay. <laughs> it's important. Well, it's important because like I've, I feel like so many kids have gone through this phase where, and, and adults maybe, where you're writing your name in different ways and because if you like it's indicative of who you are and your personality and how you want to express yourself. But this is, you're talking about this in a more sort of literal, visceral soul level correct that it is kind of the manifestation of your very self right and so the obvious question is a parent isn't a prophet a parent when they name a child doesn't know Mm. what that child's going to turn out to be like yeah um well say these kabbalistic safarim these kabbalistic uh writings that in fact hashem gives each parent or each set of parents as the case may be um Ruach HaKodesh, basically a temporary prophecy hmm. to tell when they're in the process of naming their child. Hmm. And then and when they come to that uh, point and to name the child, hmm. they actually are defining that person's soul. Um, I love that we're talking about this today when this morning we were just at a at a, a oh, yeah. circumcision and we were uh, where, where they gave the name to this little boy. Um, and they happen to have named him Eliyahu because he, w- for many reasons, but partially because Eliyahu has, is associated with just like fire and this just this fiery spirit and literal fire and this immediacy and this passion. And this child was born, I believe, on the on 
Independence Day, uh, at least in, mm-hmm. on an evening when there were fireworks American going Independence off. American Independence Day. And mm-hmm. um, so there's, so th- there's that very um, close connection between the circumstances of his birth and the name that the parents decided to give him. Sure, sure. And there's lots of things about that, uh, giving children's uh, In the Jewish tradition, our listeners may be familiar even with traditions of naming children after circumstances of birth or relatives who have passed on in the Ashkenazi tradition or even are living in some Sephardi traditions, mm-hmm. um, <coughs> Mizrahi, whichever. Right. And... Um, so no pressure, but parents out there, <laughs> as you're thinking of the names for your children... They're under enough pressure. <laughs> You are literally like channeling a drop of prophecy to determine who your child will be forever. Correct. Yeah. But it's automatic. You don't have to think about it. Uh, I feel like we're giving people mixed messages here. You're trying to make people... Never mind. Uh, never mind. Anyway. Um, um, yeah. So uh, I think that's relevant for Shadim as well. Because when you look at their names, mm-hmm. indeed, you see that that is something which defines who they are as a character so right it's a little bit more i hinted at this before i think but it's a little bit more like job title oh than yeah name in some cases absolutely there's a shade machlas which just means disease you know what that <laughs> shade does yeah yeah um you see that at the top of a resume and you're like oh yeah if that's what i need i'm gonna hire that guy right <laughs> right some of them are not so clear uh but this podcast brought to you by zip recruiter <laughs> sorry <laughs> <laughs> someday <laughs> okay um we are not sponsored by anybody yet <laughs> um anyway not opposed to it <laughs> <laughs> okay so Matlat. right and yeah but that, that's just an example that's like, gotta be a tough name to grow up with i gotta tell you well if you're a shade maybe not like, like what do you <laughs> get made fun of on the playground if your name is disease you're sort of cutting off the possible creativity of the bullies around you. I think at one point in every one of these episodes, you say something. <laughs> and I have no idea what to say to respond to it. Um, You'll get used to it. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. So but, it's a little bit more like job titles. It's a little bit more about um, kind of what each of these these entities embodies. Yeah. As opposed to just... And, and that's in keeping with the larger Jewish tradition is what I, I think I'm trying to say. Yeah. However, there, well, not even however, you know, names are also used in um, ways of, uh, of, let's say, manipulating the supernatural, right? Mm. So in a case, for example, our listeners might be familiar with a case of somebody who is ill, so sick, so ill right. that it seems like it's not going to work out. And right. we're going to talk about this because it's related to Shadeem, hopefully in another podcast episode, I mean, but... Um, one way to avoid the uh, outcome that everyone would not like to see mm-hmm. is to change the name of the person who is sick. Right. Which and I understand is sort of tricking the Malach right? Correct. Tricking the angel of death into thinking like, oh, I'm not really this sick guy. I'm this other person. Right. So, you know, go next door. Yeah, basically. Um, but another interesting thing that I just wanted to bring up is that when it... In the context of, of Shady, um, you know, we mentioned, I think, in a previous episode, Kameas, amulets. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are ways for certain experts, Baal Shem and such. Um, Masters of the name. Correct. To use, well, in that case, using the name of, of Hashem, right? Again, I'm calling it supernatural man- manipulation. It's 
obviously a little bit more complex than that, but, um, yeah, but, uh, not like Ghostbusters kind of supernatural manipulation. We're talking about the big guy now that, well, that's one. Yeah. But what I'm trying to get at is that using Kameas, one could either attract or repel different shading as Mm. necessary. And the way they do that is by naming the shading on the actual Kameas themselves. Yeah. Well, I think I think we've alluded to this and it feels like a good thing to keep in mind just, you know, in in the vein of better living through Jewish demonology. When you name something, you you contain it in a mm-hmm. way um, and you can control it more, which is, uh, you know, with great power. Yeah. Comes great responsibility. You said it way better than me. All right. Let's take a break. We got a fabulous listener question this week from Tali, who tweets as at underrated witch, which is awesome. And I love thank you, Tali, for sending in your question. And she asked us, um, are there any good shading, which is which is excellent. Right. So I looked at this question and um, immediately got excited because, first of all, this this word good is so just deceptively complicated and a totally loaded term um and it makes me think of you know looking at the book of Bereshit in the beginning um the genesis at the beginning when god is creating the world and declares all of these things to be good 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 right um and there's i don't think god is going around declaring the sun and the moon and the stars to be morally good um it seems like it's more a declaration of usability or functionality or usefulness that kind of thing mm-hmm. um and so you know you look at this question are there any good shading and i i think it's worthwhile to just note the tension between moral goodness and usefulness right so how would you how would you respond to that are there are there any good shading right no that's a, i agree it's an excellent question i think that uh, so if we're going to go with your definition of good being useful, the answer is absolutely. All shading are good in, in that sense. Okay, because, yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? No, because, yeah, you know, all of Hashem's creation, every creature of Hashem's is useful. Amen. And, and long as, it's, as long as it's existing, uh, then it's... Right, it's serving a particular purpose in the bigger correct. creation. Yeah. Right. Um, in... If I'm going to guess that Tali, Tali <laughs> is, is this maybe not what Tali meant? <laughs> right. Yeah. So let's play out the moral side of it. Right. Are yeah. there any morally good shading? Right. So um, I, again, I would agree that it's a loaded term, and shading uh, have purpose. The answer I would say is probably yes, in the sense that we do find many stories in the Gemara and other places where shading do what seem on the surface, at least, to be morally good things. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, for example, Yosef Sheda, you know, I'll bring him up again. Here's an example of a shade who is um, uh, an expert in not just the written, but also the oral Torahs. He's a scholar. There are mm-hmm. other shading mm-hmm. we know who are, who are Talmidei Chachamim. And in the realm of Torah and mitzvahs, which Jewish tradition would deem to be a morally good thing, mm. Uh, mm. they are involved in that and therefore they are learned a, folk right and and not only that but Yosef Sheda is an example where when the rabbis in the Gemara have an issue of some even basic halachic thing uh, they might consult with Yosef Sheda for an, uh, for help for an answer uh, which they do Joe's a and dude yeah yeah 
Um, and um, so that's one example. Uh, another one of my favorites comes from a Sechlis Me'ila, uh, Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai, who is um, the, you could call him the father of Jewish mysticism. Mm, He's the mm-hmm. yeah. composer slash redactor of the, yeah. of the Zohar. Right. Um, Such an interesting <coughs> character. Right, yeah. Uh, and he finds himself in a situation where the emperor has um, decreed something against the Jewish people and uh, everyone gets all depressed. And then there's a shade called Ben Tamalian who comes and uh, possesses the daughter of this emperor. And as a result, the emperor gets all crazy and mm-hmm. oh, what am I going to do? And Rabbi yeah. Shimon Bayochai shows up knowing Dun-da-da-da. that Bentamalion is there. Mm. He's, he's, he's upset about Bentamalion being there, actually, because Bentamalion is a shade. He wishes it, w- it was a malach, interestingly. But, um, okay. but the shade Bentamalion comes mm-hmm. and possesses the daughter of this emperor. Mm-hmm. Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai shows up and exorcises the shade from, mm. um, from the, the daughter of the emperor. Uh-huh. And the emperor is so grateful and says, oh. uh, right, and says, what can I do? I go into my treasury, take anything you want. And Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai goes into the treasury. Yay. He finds the decree and rips it up. Right. I love that there are these little stories every once in a while where like one really talented rabbi just solves anti-Semitism. Right. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> the point of the story is to show you that the this, this shade Bentamalian is there. He does this thing that shades do, shade him do. Right. But, but it's There's for a, a good... little bit of rabbinic wish fulfillment there too. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Excellent um, question, Tali. Thank you so much for sending it in. Everybody, if you have a question about Shadim, shoot it at us over Twitter at Throwing Shade, and uh, we will try and get to it in a f- next in a, in a subsequent episode. That brings us to the end of our time. Alan, do you have an idea for an action item for our listeners to take into their week to bring a little bit more Throwing Shade and Jewish demonology into their lives every day? Um, I do. It's kind of controversial, but Ooh, we'll bring it. try it. Um, maybe it's not controversial. I don't know. Um, what I think is controversial. Anyway, so um, uh, I'm very much involved, as you know, in learning uh, Likute Maharan, the, 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 mm. the, uh, sort of the magnum seminal opus work of, of, of Rabbi Nachman of Breslov. Yeah. yeah. And... Um, you know, a very famous Torah in that particular work is the Azamra Torah Reish Pei Base in that. Um, and one of the things it says in there is that inside every person, no matter how evil or difficult um, that person is, or that person, how evil that person's life may seem, mm. there, is a, there is always a point of good. Mm-hmm. And it's the job of every person to find that point. And... So, um, uh, you know, we were just learning about Shadim. Shadim, let's make no mistake, are evil. They are bad. They cause harm. It is not good to be around them. And yet, what we find often in the stories about them is that these, uh, these Rabbanim, these Gedolim, these Tzadikim, really, are able to find them, find something useful in them, something, some point of light, some point of good in each of these terrible, terrible creatures in every other possible way. Mm-hmm. So my action item for our listeners would be do the following exercise. Think of 
the most demonic <laughs> person you can. Think about somebody who you have a very difficult time with mm-hmm. and do some real work, some real introspection, and find the point of good, at least one, in every single human being, no matter how evil or difficult it may be. Um, that's my action. And item. then use it to your advantage to make the world better and end anti-Semitism. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> okay. Um, and bigotry and yes. racism and sexism, etc. All the things. Yeah. All of the interconnected things. Um, okay. I will remind of the tension between good as moral and good as useful and how. <laughs> um, yeah. That's a, that is. Did I get it? That's an action item. I got it. I don't know, man. Thanks, everybody, for listening. (laughs) Just going to end it there. (laughs) Thanks, everybody, for listening. We will catch you next week on another episode of Throwing Shade, Better Living Through Jewish Demonology. See you later, everybody. Bye.